0: everyone, welcome back to TSDAs Education podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to be able to better support you by providing quick, accessible and informative episodes on all things education. Today, instead of welcoming a guest speaker, I will be going over some basics on behavior. This is our first episode in this format so if you have any feedback or would like to see more of these please let me know. So with summer now in full swing and your children's routines changing, you may see some more behaviors at home or on trips, whether these are behaviors you haven't seen in a while or behaviors that you've never seen before. Therefore, I wanted to dedicate today's episode to this topic so you can hopefully have a smoother summer vacation. Let's start with the basics. All behavior is communication. A behavior can tell us things such as, I don't have that skill yet. For example, the individual may not be able to fully verbally communicate. It may be telling you things like, I'm frustrated, I'm physically uncomfortable, I don't want to do what you're asking me to do, I want attention, I don't feel good, I may have an underlying medical or biological issue like hearing loss or hypotonia. So engaging in these behaviors may be the easiest way for your child to get their needs met. Therefore, remembering that your child is trying to communicate something can make it easier to deal with these behaviors. Once you get to this point, you can then start figuring out what your child is trying to communicate. Before we jump into the functions of behavior and different strategies to help reduce these behaviors, I wanted to quickly say that behavior problems are very common in all children. I'm sure that everyone listening to this episode has seen or been around other kids, whether your own or in public, who have engaged in disruptive behaviors. One in 10 children have behavior problems that are deemed serious enough to be diagnosed by a professional. Within the Down syndrome population, behavior problems are even more common. One in three children with Down syndrome may have behaviors that are serious enough to be assessed by a professional. This can be due to a variety of factors, such as language delays, hypotonia, trouble sleeping, and other medical tendencies that may be causing discomfort or frustration. This might also happen at school when a child is not feeling confident enough, when they might not be getting the support that they need, or when they're not um, engaging with their teacher or peers in a cooperative manner. I also wanted to highlight something that I think is extremely important before we delve into the science of behavior. Connection is extremely important when it comes to seeing less behaviors, especially the behaviors are attention seeking. It is commonly found in the literature that 10 minutes of undivided attention with the individual can help lessen the frequency of behaviors that you might be seeing. During this time, these 10 minutes should be with that individual, engaging with them on their level and doing something that they really enjoy. At this time, it would be really essential to not be on your phone and not be distracted. Okay, now we're going to go over the ABCs of behavior. A standing for antecedent, B stands for behavior and C for consequence. In order to determine what your child is gaining or avoiding by engaging in the behavior, we need to analyze the ABCs. To do this, you will need to look for patterns such as, does the behavior occur at the same time of the day? on the same day of the week, around the same people, before or after specific activity, or does the behavior always happen at a certain location? Once you see these patterns or find a pattern, then you'll want to pay attention to the antecedent and the consequence of the behavior. I know that this is easier said than done, especially if you're on the go or around other kids. However, in order to accurately pinpoint the function and then implement strategies to reduce the behavior, it is really important that we determine what the antecedent and the consequence of the behavior are. Sometimes it may be really obvious. For example, you tell your child that iPad time is all done. Your child refuses to hand over the iPad and screams. You let them stay on the iPad once that happens. The consequence in this case is that you let them have a few more minutes on the iPad, whereas the antecedent was that you told the ch- your child that they needed to be done with the iPad. It is important to know that when looking at the ABCs, the term consequence is not a negative term. It simply means what happened right after the behavior occurred. Once you take note of the ABCs of the behavior, and this might take a couple of days, you will will better be able to determine what is the function of the behaviors. There are four main functions, attention seeking, whether positive or negative attention, escape, sensory, and access to a preferred item. Today, we will be quickly going over what these functions entail and a couple strategies for each. In reality, you could spend a significant amount of time going over each of these functions, and today only meant to be an overview. I encourage you to reach out if you'd like more information or to search through reputable websites to find out more about behavior. We're going to start with attention seeking. When a behavior is attention seeking, it means that the individual is engaging in the behavior in order to get attention or feedback from you. This feedback can be negative or positive in nature. Some kids enjoy getting reactions from adults, so by you gasping, showing that you're upset, or raising your voice, you may, in turn, be reinforcing the behavior. Although it may be difficult, the best thing to do when a behavior is attention-seeking is to completely ignore the behavior if the individual is in a safe environment. This may mean avoiding eye contact since any feedback, even the smallest gesture, may be reinforcing. Then it is very important to provide positive feedback or attention before the behavior occurs and when the individual is engaging in appropriate behavior. For example, instead of hitting you on the arm to get your attention, your, your child or individual said your name or lightly tapped you on your shoulder. You would then use specific praise and an excited voice to reinforce the behavior. Depending on the severity of the behavior, you may need to provide very frequent positive reinforcement before slowly fading into less and less reinforcement. One side note on reinforcement is that every child or individual can find different things motivating. For some kids, using using praise is not reinforcing at all. And for some, it's really reinforcing. Some kids might need you to clap or might need something different that's reinforcing versus just using praise. Anyway, so an example on how to give praise would be If the individual's behavior is throwing their fork off the table over and over again, especially if every time you grab it, they throw it again, you determine that its function is attention-seeking. You then might need to provide positive reinforcement every 15 to 20 seconds while the fork is on the table or being used appropriately. This would be appropriate when the behavior is happening very, very, very frequently, especially if it's happening in less than 20-second increments. You want to make sure that that child is feeling success and that the behavior isn't happening when you give the reinforcement. After a few days of seeing success with this amount of reinforcement and attention, you would increase the time between the positive reinforcement until, you're, until you eventually only have to reinforce once during a meal, maybe never. When the function of a behavior is to escape, it is really important to not give in. If you give in, you're showing the individual that the behavior got them what they were seeking. If needed, use least to most prompting in order for them to complete the demand. Vocally giving the direction being the least amount of prompting and physically helping them complete the task being the most amount of prompting. I encourage you to look up what least the most least to most prompting entails, since there are many steps you can take in between these two examples. As always, it is important to positively reinforce the individual when they're behaving in the appropriate way. For example, if the individual is asking for a break or completing the demand with minimal prompting. Some kids may benefit from items like a 1st stem board or a reward system in order to complete the tasks. These additional tools should eventually be faded so they're able to complete a task or demand without support and therefore be as independent as possible. Visual schedules are also really helpful. You can implement these at home or at school. Another tip is to avoid ending a demand with the question, okay. For example, when you tell your child, let's get in the car, okay? When you end with this question, an individual is given the option to say no, which can then lead to a power struggle. When a behavior is due to wanting access to a preferred item, this may look like your child crying because they want a toy that is not available. Sometimes behaviors happen because the individual does not have the foundational skills in order to behave appropriately. Therefore, it would be be really important that an individual is taught skills such as requesting items appropriately, how to accept no, and how to take turns and share. When a behavior is sensory seeking, a child is engaging in these behaviors because it provides stimulation to to the pleasure zone in the brain. There is a debate on whether or not people should work toward decreasing the frequency of these types of behaviors. Overall, if you seek to reduce these behaviors, it is important that you provide a replacement behavior or offer plenty of sensory breaks. It is also totally okay if you believe that these behaviors are socially acceptable and that your child can do them as long as they want, If these behaviors are not physically harming the individual if the behavior leads to self-harm it would then be important to work through these to to decrease the frequency of these behaviors it is also really important to know that when working through behaviors you may see something that's called an extinction burst this looks similar to when we wait at an intersection and may click the walk button several times hoping it will change quicker when working through behaviors that previously led the individual to having success fulfilling the function you may see the behavior happen more often for a short period of time, while the individual tries to see if they, can get, if they can still achieve the desired outcome. Therefore, it is necessary to remain as consistent as possible and to work through this in order to eventually see a decrease or a complete extension in the behavior. To end this overview of behavior, I wanted to highlight the importance of language. We want to use language that focuses on what we want to see versus what we don't want to see. For example, instead of telling the individual no running, you can tell them to use their walking feet instead. Instead of telling the individual no shouting, you can tell them remember to use your quiet voice. By focusing on what we want to see, we in turn see more of what we're hoping to see. If you think about it, if we tell a child who's not running yet, no running in the hall, and they're about to enter the hall, In their brain, they just got a mental image of running and might think, oh yeah, I love running. Running is fun. It might start running. Whereas if you flip it to what you do want to see and say, we're about to go into the busy um, grocery store, remember to use your walking feet, that mental image now is an image of walking feet, which should hopefully lead your child or individual to engage in that behavior more often. I know this was a lot of information and behavior is a topic in which you could spend hours and hours delving into its many facets. Therefore, if you have any questions or would like more resources on this topic, please feel free to find my contact information on our website, which is dsact.org. Thanks for listening.